Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. figured out what causing my, I think I've traced rather the problem with my feed to a faulty USB cable. Oh. Yes. And that being, I think, well, I'll know in a day or two, but I think that we had a very quick, quick, easy fix. Now I'm still going to say a name shit, but you'll be able to hear it. But Ariel Rodriguez of San Diego, California is not going to say a name shit. And that's why he's here. I, I can I can I can throw a name around with the best of them. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is? That's that's the identity gauntlet thrown. Oh, <laughs> I I'm here all night. I feel this is full of sound and fury. We're, we're starting the dad jokes early, and uh, I think mom and daddy are going to fight on this one. <laughs> well, the the invitation uh, uh, message you sent me for this uh, says the flash is not that bad. I will grant you that. I think there's more common ground that we share that maybe perhaps it seemed at the outset from our text conversations. But I wouldn't call it good. <laughs> it's not that bad. I feel like it's the same level as a lot of these other DC movies that have come out. I, I, I think the, the, there was a lot of positive like hype coming into this, like, oh, it's the greatest superhero movie ever made, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't agree with those. It had some good moments. The CGI was terrible. I'm going to do you one better. I don't think I disagree with anything you put as a preview in our previous episode regarding this movie. I still think it's pretty okay. I, I watched the whole thing. It's not like I wanted to stop. I had any, any, at any moment, I could have stopped it. At I like the moment. idea that you have, your, you have your finger on the ejector, but you're just trying to get, get the fuck out of this. Ready to pull the ripcord, and I didn't. So, was it bad overall i don't i mean no i mean i i don't i wouldn't say so but it wasn't marvel quality by any stretch i don't think secret invasion notwithstanding we've already discussed this (laughs) building off of that it's also not typical warner brothers quality either i would say in moments yes i think the story overall like to separate out the ezra miller stuff separate out where this is we'll come back to that because it's relevant shed shed all shed all of that if you look at the (laughs) story yeah but if you look at the story yeah i i i think the the core of the story is pretty pretty good some decisions there you know they made in terms of some of the jokes and stuff like the, the falling tooth thing i know it's a minor one this is admittedly minor but like why why I, I don't. I guess for me, I often don't like when the the, the hero is like a obvious butt of a joke that they can't like redeem later. But that's just a, a tiny one. Stuff like that. Eh, choices made. But the core of the story, pretty good, I would think. Absolutely, because they've had a lot of practice. Getting back to your point from <laughs> yeah. earlier. How many times have we done Flashpoint? <laughs> well, Barry's done it a lot, as we see in the the climax of the film. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I did like slash avatar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I did like um, 
even though they didn't spend that much time on it, I think they did a good job developing his relationship with his mother, and I thought that was uh, really well done. Oh, absolutely. Can we give a shout-out to Latinx Nora Allen? Yeah, for once. Look at that. This is diversity casting at its finest. I thought that was great. Doesn't mess anything up. Adds more flavor to her. Gives more depth. Rather than just, you know, another fucking confessor figure in a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of good here. And what's interesting to me, and I'm curious to see how, how you respond to this, but I feel like there were many people, for various reasons, really rooting for this thing to fail. And the second they smelled blood in the water, they started piling on. And, and, and then it just the cultural slash internet perception just shifted immediately. Yeah, it's too much meta, man. It's just too much meta going on. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, uh, you're right. I mean, I, I, I think your assessment is, is pretty accurate. People piled on, people that didn't like Ezra Miller and wanted to, like, punish him and Warner Brothers for sticking by and, you know, putting this movie out after they had already made it, basically, uh, given his, you know, troubles with the law and everything. But that's, like, not a reason to rate a movie back. Like, let's just, like, I, I, I wish people would, and I know this is, like, a, it sounds naive. I'm, I, I am not being naive about this. I know it's not possible, but it'd be nice if people separated out the, the, the film itself from the, the, all the crap orbiting it at all times. Warner Brothers. Ezra, Ezra Miller, Miller appears to be yeah. a monster if even a third of the allegations against them are true. Full stop. Yeah, totally agree with you. Ezra Miller was what one cog in this movie. Hundreds of people make movies, people. If you want to take a shit on them, that's fine. You have my support based on what, what I've heard. Based, Rolling Stone had like this whole expose on this time, this <laughs> Flashpoint style timeline of their like pre- alleged transgressions. It's pretty chilling. So if you want to root against Ezra Miller, you got my blessing. But they that not has nothing only, to do. Yeah. No, they are not the movie. Not. No. Although I'm now the tired. <laughs> but destroying the Flash isn't destroying Ezra Miller. Especially for this studio that is struggling to, like, <laughs> after 10 years trying to get this damn thing that they're attempting to build, they're still, they're still struggling with the foundation, as we've, as we've lamented many times before. That's just one thing. There's, you know, there's, there's this part of film journalism that just hates the superhero films are the only things that do well. So anytime they struggle, they're all in on it. You got yeah. that going, it's that. Yeah, in a year where we have Barbie and Oppenheimer and Super Mario Bros. movie and stuff like that, why choose to focus on tearing down another superhero film when they should be, if anything, if their interest is into broadening, you know, other types of films that could have mass appeal when they have three examples sitting in their lap this year, right? Uh, Why choose tearing something down instead of lifting other things up to kind of spread uh, the, the news that, like, there's more than superheroes can make a billion dollars and be successful. Look. Look around. Uh, this, this year is a rare year in some sense uh, in, recent, in the recent history of that. Well, absolutely. And it was all going to come back around. It just The superhero uh, bubble 
if you will, is not has nothing to do with um, the studio so much as this transformation we're seeing in how these things are uh, distributed and yeah. the growing pains with that. Yeah, totally agree. And, yeah, so the superhero and these other genre films that do are the only things that really do well. That that's because that, that's what's going on. That they're, they're banking on them because it's the only it's the, it's the only real strong bet at this time. And I guess Top Gun. But yeah, <laughs> but it, I've read I've seen this a few times on the internet, and I kind of tend to agree. Um, if it's not an event, people won't show up. It has to be viewed by the public that are going to pay. A lot more these days to go to the movies. It's got to be an event. It's got to be a, a big deal to go. I think Maverick counts. Um, Slash Indians uh, prom. <laughs> you know, like uh, all, all like Barbie Oppenheimer, like there was a level of hype and expectation of it being a big event. People dress up, they go. It's that kind of thing that drives people to the theater and you're going to have a lot fewer of those and that's the dynamic now with movies because, as you were saying, the distribution, the way we consume the media, the setups we have in our homes, audiovisually, it's just different than it was even 10 years ago. Even two years ago. We don't go outside anymore. Uh, yeah, there's, there's also that deadly virus. I <laughs> don't know if you've heard about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I heard something about it. <laughs> but, you, but you throw that in there, plus, you know, like you're saying, like uh, – this inflation that they're not actually tamping down, even though they keep claiming they are, you've said it perfectly. It has to be an event. Our people are not going to go do it. Whether that be, you know, dressing up like treating a Minions movie like it's the prom for some weird reason, or <laughs> yeah. a Barbie Oppenheimer double feature. Some, something catches the zeitgeist, right? And it gets people going. I think superheroes are so well known. I think for a long time they rode that, that, this whole dynamic out, right? Like everybody knows, not everybody, but most people know who Spider-Man is and who Captain America is and Superman, etc. cetera. Uh, just don't bungle it. That's the problem for DC. Don't make it average. I, I, I really think The Flash is just generally like kind of an average film when you, fl- when you, when you, when you flatten out the, the highs and the lows. Uh, oh, it's absolutely, it's absolutely mid. But it's I... Mid. It's just it. That's, that, that's it. So it's not going to make a billion. But it was... It's not like trash. It's no, not a toxic Avenger level quality film. And and this is somewhat sad, but the fact that Warner Brothers made a mid film is progress. <laughs> if no this offense. is their, if this, well, you know, it, it is what it is. The well, to the, uh, to the toxic Avenger f- fans is what I was saying. If, <laughs> to, to Warner Brothers offense, that's fine. <laughs> Are there toxic Avenger fans? We'll come back. To that. I, uh, was it toxic? No, it was Toxic Crusader. Boy, that's going way back in the way back machine. This is their ceiling that's horrible. But if this is their floor, they've moved the bar. It's admittedly watchable. It had, we haven't even talked about the parts we liked. <laughs> Go for it. I think it's we, we, Well, okay, so you mentioned a lot of humor is forced. You're absolutely correct. But a lot of it does work. Like, I, I legitimately found lots of, lots of this very, very funny. It's really a tragedy that Ezra Miller is apparently a piece of shit because that dude, or is dude non-binary? I don't I, know. I, yeah. <laughs> but they are, they're, they're, they're pretty talented. Yes, I agree. Uh, that's, it's that's unfortunate. The yeah. They're going to be the new shale booth, I guess. But I was excited. I, I thought both parents were well done. 
Shout out to Keyshawn. I know he's a big fan of uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, there's there's a lot of heart here. I mean, Michael Keaton, Mid- Batman. Loved loved Michael Keaton, Batman, coming yeah. back. Everyone. So it's it's very interesting to see how people talked about it. They either would mention that as like the only good thing, which is not true, or they would omit it altogether so they could pile on. He's fantastic. Fantastic. He hasn't that lost dude, anything. That dude in every like as the vulture and as Batman here, like hasn't lost a step. He knows exactly what he's doing. He just just great portrayals. Like uh, it's really impressive. I think. Uh, for, for Michael Keaton. And just, I guess, maybe a testament to he's He's always been a great actor, and he just kind of steps into these roles and just, like, owns it really well. Shout out to Alejandro Inarritu for, like, reminding us of that 10 years ago. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because we, as a culture, forgotten how good he was. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pleased, not just with Keaton, but with a lot of actors that came in to do, like, very small things just because it was fun. And they, they excelled. Batfleck was great again. And speaking of the humor part, the part where, you know, both Batman and the Flash have the, the, the lasso on and they're saying all these things that we know to be true, I, that, that, that tickled me to no end. That, that didn't work for me for some reason. Maybe because it was really? like already done before in Zack Snyder's Justice League or whatever. And I, I was just like, oh, they're doing this again. Like, I, in isolation, yeah, but I, I, it didn't, didn't, hit, didn't land for me. This movie tapped into a lot of memes successfully for me. That was one of them. The idea that Batman, Batman's like, you know what? I am a fascist. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Uh, Gal's back as Wonder Woman. Uh, the early buzz is that she's going to stay as Wonder Woman, which is awesome. That would be good. In the, the new Gunverse. We should watch out that name, though. It does not oh, sound good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Given that we're coming from Snyder's Murderverse directly into that. Uh, yeah, Keaton, Keaton Sublime. I. Uh, did not enjoy Michael Shannon as Zod a second go around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sasha Kaye as Supergirl, I think, was pretty good too. I enjoyed her portrayal. It was pretty solid. Not much to work with, not much to do. And I, the, one of the more yeah. upsetting parts, honestly, I felt was, and again, like I understand mechanically in the story why they why things happen that way, but. Didn't didn't like that that whole universe just like is gone like they just collapsed it all back out doesn't exist basically because that's like a Supergirl that I wish they would have like planted some kind of seed that you know she'd exist uh, as as herself somewhere else I mean sure they can you know spawn off another multiversal universe where she exists but it just kind of felt very t- almost too self-contained and like put away uh, for me even though I understand plot wise why they did it. I can't help but wonder if Cavill was not available, and that's why they pivoted. Or they, I mean, they lowballed him or something. I mean, <laughs> she is, like, it is, it is Superman, is, that's who it's supposed to be, right, in, this, in the story, in the original comic. Like, but they get, what, 10 minutes, 15 of screen time total? Like, it's not, a, not very becoming for Henry Cavill, I guess, as a leading man, but, you know, maybe they lowballed him. He, he's, he's proven very... Willing to work with them on this kind of stuff, though. You know, he came, he came he back the Black and for, thing. precisely for like what, four or five seconds. It's true. So yeah, That's sure, do point. it. It's a good point. But maybe there was like, I, I feel like they let him on and they kind of told him, like, hey, you're back as Superman with this. And then they totally like pulled the rug out from under him. I wonder if that just put a bad taste in his mouth. Wouldn't blame him. 
there is an element of like eventually you just like you realize your boss doesn't know what they're doing and you're like I'm out. The the CGI is awful. This personal experience is a case of where the phone works for you. <laughs> I couldn't see that it was that bad that well. <laughs> I was just like, man, like I like I I've played video games in the PS4 era that had better graphics and I'm like I, I don't say I don't get how they messed that up either like this is a huge budget film I'm gonna pause Marvel's it though foibles part out. of it I think was a deliberate choice like all that that weird looking shit where they were he was like traveling through time and it looked super weird I think that was just a pathetic choice that was it was dumb don't get me wrong but I think they just they chose to make it look bad if that makes any sense or, or I, as you were saying that I was wondering like it, it was a too avant-garde. They just didn't have the technology to make make the vision come to life. So we got lawnmower man style stuff. I recently listened to Full of Sign Theory number sixty six, uh, just randomly because it came up in my my thing, and I was just going down memory lane with you guys, as it were. Ariel, we talk about this movie in that that fucking episode. Oh, really? It it was already off the rails. Oh my god! Oh. That's how long it's been in development. So I can tell you this much: the CGI was not bad for lack of time. Uh, right? Maybe the cash flow thing. I, I think at least part. Of it, I, I feel I'm pretty convinced was it was, it was just a weird choice. Here's as a as a as a fellow Arabian fan, I, I want to throw this at you: How much does this film get hurt by the third season of the Flash television show? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Because it's essentially the same story. They just can't. They just can't quit Flashpoint. They just can't. Just, <laughs> how many like fucking? How many years? How many decades of stories? They got They got to do the Flashpoint. They have. They just can't let it go. You know, to be fair, both companies have this thing. For Marvel, it's Dark Phoenix. Yeah, you're right. They've They're just going to do it. We're, 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 we're going to do it until we get it right. We haven't done it right yet, but we're going <laughs> to do it. Oh, you're so right. How many uh, how many Spider-Man <laughs> uh, film franchises that we had to? I mean, I guess there's 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 plenty of plenty of blame to go around, but uh, yeah, it just I, I, you know DC is like uh, pretty good about telling their creators like no, you can't use these characters in your show. Don't do that. Maybe they just didn't think far enough about what they would do a Flash movie about to like tell the CW team to, like, not do that. It just, they're, they're so restrictive. You know, speaking from personal experience of my wife being an author that has written books with DC Arrowverse characters, they will come tell you very strictly, do not do, do not use these characters in this list. And that cool thing you thought that's really clever, that's really obscure, yeah, don't do that either. I, don't, I know I can't tell you why. Just don't, don't do that. So that they missed this and they kind of... <laughs> shot themselves in the foot is both characteristic and uncharacteristic. Boreal does function that way in these large multimedia companies, absolutely. But I think this goes back to the, the, the they can't quit Flashpoint thing. Is they're like, yeah, it's Flashpoint. It doesn't really count. <laughs> it's another it's another multiversal <laughs> thing or something. Yeah. The multiverse is big right now. You gotta go you gotta go do it. <laughs> there, I think there is an element of that too. That's that yeah they're they're still chasing Marvel, so they're like, well, you know, the kids want the multiverses, so let's give them a multiverse again. Well, well, we got that. We got that. Here you go. Yeah. 
One other thing going forward, well, there, there's a lot that going forward, but going down the list, if you will. I thought the Easter eggs were very well utilized in this movie. Like, I know they looked terrible, but I really liked being Chris Reeve and Helen Slater back as Superman and Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a touch of nostalgia for me, too, on that, I gotta admit. I thought the Nick Cage Superman fighting the robot Spider-Man, or Spider, rather, was fucking hilarious. <laughs> for those who don't know the, uh, the, 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 the 20-year odyssey of that, that piece of shit... <laughs> Kevin Smith finally got his revenge. We'll leave it there. That was inspired. Was this a, maybe had a fever dream? But was wasn't uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hal Jordan there too? I don't remember. There was a Green Lantern. Okay, but I don't remember if it was meant to be an Alan Specter Green Lantern or if it was Ryan Reynolds. Now that you mention it, what they did and didn't put there was very interesting. I, I guess the idea was to go with things that couldn't possibly ever come back. People passing away, or you know, time, or um, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds like running Welsh football teams, for example. If it did that happen, now now I'm really questioning if I saw that or not. It's very that's funny. How did the post credits hit for you? The the George Clooney Batman thing. Yeah, I was just kind of meh. Really? Okay, I'm of two minds on it. Probably loved it because I just I loved that Clooney Doc like was okay with like going back to do that for like a minute. And it was really funny. Like they had, they picked the other old Batman, quote unquote, to come back. Oh, I guess now there's three old Batman. When Val Kilmer uh, can't really do it, I guess, right? Well, he he's had weight issues. Not to punish him or anything, but he looked more svelte, I would say, in Top of the Maverick. So maybe he yeah. could, but I don't think he would. That that's a whole. That was like a whole thing there too. Right, right. So I, I enjoyed, the, I thought the joke was, was wonderful. And I, again, I, I like that he came back to do it as to be part of that wink and nod. But on the other hand, it does feel like a missed opportunity for it not to be Robert Pattinson. Yeah, they could have done something with that. Uh, they did not. Maybe they don't want to pollute the Batman series of films or something in some way by adding another hero character in there. But I think it would that would have been cooler, in my opinion. For brand building, I think it makes more sense, too. If this film is, like, one of its stated objectives is, is transition from this failed attempt to the, the, uh, the gun era. I still see it doesn't work out. <laughs> we'll get there before this is over, I promise. <laughs> then I think that's a good way to do it. Or that's one way they could have gone about it. So I, 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 I like I liked the joke, but I was like I, I, I part of me was like ah, it kind of feels like a missed opportunity. Also has I mean I know he wanted to save his dad, but has Barry learned nothing from the whole thing? Like, bro, you you messed up. <laughs> like just just put things back exactly as they were. <laughs> Little things like that just bothered me uh, about the the movie. But again, like wasn't like actively like this is horrible. At, at any moment, other than the CGI, I, the, uh, that was yeah. like, yep. yikes. But uh, beyond that, like, to, you know, definitely plenty and plenty to enjoy. But that was that was that. I guess. I mean, it's. I doubt we see this character this way ever again, right? Unless somebody decides to like have a another Easter egg somewhere. No, it, it's like a character that really needs to be recast. <laughs> to, to put it mildly. 
If we're banishing Amber Heard, th this that can't ever happen again <laughs> in that regard. Okay, I, I just wanted to talk it up because I, I really genuinely enjoyed quite a bit of it. Yeah, I think we got more common ground than we maybe, maybe we thought. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't love it, but I, I I certainly did not hate it. And I was really glad I watched it. And if they if they tweak some things, it does feel like. Yeah, I think as a summarizing thought, I, 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 there's a lot of hope for me. I was like, okay, if this is, it feels like they're going the right direction. They're not there yet. Next Flash movie they make better not be Flashpoint. That's all I got to say. Jesus. So, so okay, let's examine that for a second. What do they do? Like, what, what does a Flash film look like? It's got to be, it, like, there's some things I think that they probably can't get away from in an initial theatrical offering. And I think the first season of the Flash TV show has those elements, you gotta have reverse flash. You've gotta probably have some element of time travel or a hint to it. Uh, maybe not going backwards and forwards at will, but some kind of time travel mistake or like accidentally doing time travel. You've, you've gotta have those elements. And the reverse flash is a time traveler to begin with. That doesn't mean Barry has to time travel and hit a time bowl and all the other nonsense. But you gotta have, I think, a solid plot revolving around the reverse flash doing stuff. I think they've got to like set up his status quo. Like they, 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 like he had, like he has basically no status quo in this, this, this movie, like set up, like, like they, 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 they talk about it, but they don't show it to you in any like meaningful way, except at the very beginning when he's like perpetually late or whatever, the usual, like, Oh, you're so fast, but you're always so late. The, the dichotomy, like, okay. Every flash iteration has that scene. But like, have him solve right. some crimes. Make it a crime. Make it some kind of like CSI style element. Put those elements in that film, and make the Reverse Flash kind of part of it too. If they can do that successfully in a, in a semi-lighthearted way, and I know this is me kind of hand waving a lot of the stuff that's really hard, but I think those elements I think are important to have in an initial offering. I feel like his origin is already very tired. As weird as that sounds for a character that hasn't had that much exposure on, in uh, multimedia. So yeah, I think probably maybe dodging that's probably a good plan. And Tom Cavanaugh, to your second point, or I guess your first point rather, really had really did develop Reverse Flash into like a kind of an, an, an A-grade art villain. So to not use him would be a mistake. You can't you can't start with Captain Cold. Maybe maybe you have two do the two villain one minor one of the usual rogues gallery and then the reverse flash. But you, I think you got to have reverse flash there. He does have cool rogues. Yeah, he does. The, the, the names are stupid. Yes. <laughs> which, which, which the, the CW show worked around very deftly, mm -hmm. but their motivations and their, uh, their power sets really work. So to, to continue to fuck him up is kind of unconscionable. So ho hopefully they'll, they'll get it nailed down moving forward, which, yeah, I think kind of does have to start with their cast. Agreed completely. All right, well, moving right along, talking about things that are hopelessly mid. Star Wars Ahsoka is now done. Man. <sighs> I'm half empty on this one. I'm fascinated to see where you're, where, where you're at on it. Maybe I'm just uh, maybe I just had too much, too good of a time with Rebels, but like I I had a lot of fun with it. There were there, and I think we talked about this the last time we did a show. Ahsoka was like too stern and too reserved for what we remembered from her previous 
appearances, and that was off-putting and kind of put a dour vibe on the show. And I think they tried to lighten it up more when she kind of had her rebirth or whatever in the Force, and she became Ahsoka the White there towards the end. But it wasn't a lot different in vibe. But I, I don't know, just seeing uh, Sabine and Ezra and, and Ahsoka hang out uh, was really cool. I was hoping for more showdowns, more battles, like different, I guess, stuff, action stuff than what we got. I you're with me. You wanted more show. Yeah, I mean, it was... So little happened building. over eight fucking episodes. Yeah, it's like clear it's like there's a lot building up to it. It took a long time just to be able to get to the other galaxy and like, I, I get it at a meta level that that's like a big deal in Star Wars, but like you can just go do that. Like it, it could have cut out like an episode and a half probably of them stealing the hyperspace hyperdrives and all that stuff. The direction was very slow. But the concepts and the characters I really liked. So for me, that's kind of where I'm at, I guess. I'm, I'm hopeful for another season. Really like characters and what they were going through but it it did feel like it dragged on i i'm with you i'm a huge huge fan of rebels i think it's the best star wars outside of the original trilogy but i think that's the reason I, i'm so yeah i i'm disappointed by this series because if you consider rebels five and you know it, it is rebel season five pretty much yeah it's the weakest season of rebels <laughs> yeah for sure if you were going to do a power ranking like, it's not even close can't disagree with you there. You just bummed the hell out of me. Can I, can uh, I add... Uh, 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 there's one small thing, relatively speaking, in the course of the season that, that happened, but um, never thought I'd see it in Star Wars, and boy, did it get me uh, excited, was the throwdown that Hu Yang had with those other droids. I need to see more droid-on-droid combat. That's not just them walking around in lines and shooting each other with... with uh, laser rifles or whatever. I need to see them throw hands. That was serious. That was like intense. More of that, please. I'm here for battle bots. Is that what, is that what they used to call that show? I think so. I, some, or something. robot wars, something like yeah. that. Yeah. We need more like mech hero, droid heroes that like throw down. Cause that was, I did not expect that in that episode. And I was just like, holy crap. And they, they I think they nailed the idea of like, these aren't people. They can just they can just go 100% throw a punch and like into a spaceship if they miss and they don't care. And man, that was cool. Yeah, yeah it was great just in general. Yeah, David Tennant <laughs> doing a lot of work. Balan Skull, uh, yes. wonderful. Although we'll never see him again. Yeah, you think they're going to recast? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Literally just wax poetic on the previous episode about what a perfect casting that was. I mean, they almost have to, given that I, th- I think they're going somewhere with it. Maybe not. Uh, uh, yeah. The internet was sure into Harry's ass. I, I did that, that was the star of like many a TikTok film. I, like, I don't know why that was that big of a deal. The pants were even that particularly tight, but... Uh, no idea. Oh, okay, okay. I guess, I guess we're doing that. <laughs> do much beyond wear tight, tightish pants. So, okay, great. We got that weird version of Ahsoka that was just kind of weirdly dour. I don't think but. they beat people over the head enough with why she was that way, what her talks with Anakin really, what, what she really took out of those 
talks with Spirit Anakin and where she arrived at as Ahsoka the White, if you will, uh, I, I, I feel like that was too subtle or like left too much to your own interpretation as a viewer. They should have beat you over the head with what they, what she took away from all that. The construct was the, the world between worlds, but I think it was clearly like, you know, her, that wasn't what it was. It was just kind of the construct for this. Yeah. It's great it to see Hayden back at Anakin. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of work this year with their, I guess, between last year and this year with Obi-Wan and this. That felt more like just like a fan service, though, outside of any real story. I, mean, I guess I guess there was some there. I heard yeah. going through that cathartic moment. I guess it's not that it doesn't work. I just kind of wish it worked better, which might be my uh, take of the series as a whole. I liked the rebuild of his new lightsaber for Ezra. The idea yeah. that it was just like Kanan's. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That was a nice little touch. Boy, did I breathe a sigh of relief that Ezra did not die by the end of the season. I was just like, please. They spent so much time and effort finding him. Don't don't actually kill him or Sabine or Ahsoka right now. Can't kill Ahsoka, you know, of course, that's the name of the show. But uh, let's just, can we not? <laughs> that's interesting. I was never worried at all. There was so much plot armor. Ezra, I was worried about the most. I, I felt like okay. they spent so much time with Ahsoka and Sabine. Even if Sabine were to pass away later on in the story, I just felt like it wasn't they, they weren't going to do it necessarily. Uh, there was maybe one or two scenes where it was like, are they? No, but for the most part, I wasn't. Uh, Ezra, though, I was worried about. I wasn't too impressed with the Grand Admiral. His tactics, not great. <laughs> little, <laughs> a little bit of Mike McCarthy as the Dallas Cowboys coach, actually, here. <laughs> I was, it was really sticking in my craw. Dispatch two TIE fighters against the implacable Jedi. Well, maybe send, I don't know, three TIE fighters? Maybe four, if you're that worried about them. No, just two. And this whole, and then he just he keeps explaining what he's like. These are tactically like really smart things, even though they're not tactically smart things at all. Call back House of the Dragon season one in that regard. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't like that. From a stage combat perspective, I was very impressed with Elspeth versus Ahsoka. Yes, I was going to mention that too. Uh, wow, when you actually have a real martial artist as one of those two actors, amazing what you can get out of the choreography when, like, uh, uh, Diane Inosanto is like literally like a like big deal in the Jeet Kune Do world. Okay. And she's like, got stunt stunt background. I think she's done stunt and fight choreography a bunch, if I remember correctly. So, like, yeah, put a sword in her hand if ever fight. Ahsoka. Or, or, or conjure from thin air. That's fun, too. Uh, yeah, that good things are going to happen from terms of entertainment. <laughs> oh, it's fire? Even better. That was fantastic. Now, all the stuff before that was pretty fucking stupid, but another See, really... Pretty clunky. Pretty clunky. Like, going back to, like, 1970s Star Wars clunky. I don't think it was even that good. <laughs> Unless you're referring to the holiday special. It was about that good. <laughs> Oh, bring just, back Ray Park, folks. Just, just you need you need real, real choreographers for this. Stuff. Yeah, and you know what? I'm sure he's 50 now, but you know what? I think he's got most of this shit better anyway. Gonna, yeah. I mean, just bring him back as a choreographer. He doesn't have to have a character. <laughs> just have him teach people how to fight. I guess they probably are hampered by some of their acting, their casting decisions, rather. Possibly, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, Elspeth was awesome. That 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 really stood out. Which, know, that, so to me, like that was kind of cool to see her at like act a bunch and like have a character with a bunch of lines throughout the season. Because I was like, when is this lady going to pop off? Because she is really good at fighting, and like they they took their time. I didn't realize that was her background. Is she the new Michelle Yeoh? I don't know. I don't know, like uh, acting wise, like uh, what what she can do. But I think she put on a pretty good, pretty good show here in Ahsoka. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if that's what she wants to do, but clearly she can do it. She wasn't extraordinary by any, by any means, but I thought she was much better than I would associate with someone who was there purely for physical skill. Yeah, and in Mandalorian season, it was season one, right? Where she was season there, two. like season two, like she barely had much to say so it was hard to tell like what was you know gonna happen but they really they really expanded on her in a, in a good way her character she's got excellent screen presence she doesn't have to necessarily say something to carry a scene yeah yeah but ultimately i come back to the idea that that was eight episodes of them like riding in a whale to go swap places with this guy that they left five years ago it would have been three rebels episodes <laughs> yeah Let's be honest. The reason it's decompressed is that Disney Plus wanted eight episodes, even though they didn't have that much story. Yeah, I do wonder if it's a... And kind of maybe drawing on that a little bit more in my thoughts, like uh, not only wanting to have eight episodes to like get people to come to Disney Plus, but also like they don't have that much Star Wars, it feels like, like coming out the pipe right now. They got the Andor, got people excited, but it's going to be a while till you get season two of that. Outside of the animated stuff, the which live will be the final Star season, right? Like the live action Star Wars stuff, like Mando is kind of they had a long pause and then season three, and that kind of ended things in a in a way. And I know they're going to do a season four, but uh, it wasn't, I don't think, super obvious at the time when that season ended. It just seems like having a regular clip of Star Wars stuff is not not obvious or like not, not clear, like how often Star Wars, live action Star Wars stuff is going to come out. They're, yeah, they're struggling to do more, more than one a year, which is in stark contrast to Disney Plus's Marvel Studios output, which is seasonal almost. And that's before the damn strike. Yes. I look forward to new Star Wars content 2024, I'm guessing. Uh, that would be my guess as well. <laughs> other, other than um, what, the Bad Batch. That's that. I bet that comes back next year, but that's animated and not not to discredit the hard work of the animators, but I, I think they're able to put those out a little bit faster than uh, live action stuff. Well, at least with Star Wars, they absolutely have. Yeah, I'm not really sure why, because uh, they're they're more you know getting back to your point from a minute ago, they're they're far more story dense. But perhaps the software is doing some heavy lifting there. I'm not aware of. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they feel more... Okay, th this is something that I've... It's something I've, I, I, It's a, It's an idea that I carry around with me. At, um, I think Star Wars, for better or worse, has a burden on it that I don't think the Marvel Studios stuff has had until it created it for itself. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean in a second. Like, I think Star Wars has this burden of carrying the same fans since 1977 forward and all the expectations and baggage because it is one continuity that's never been messed with uh, in a way that wasn't recoverable somehow. Like, 
the original trilogy, then you had the prequel trilogy, then you had the sequel trilogy, and they're all trying to like make everybody happy. New fans, the fans that were children that went to see it in the theater, the original Star Wars, and it has to like carry, it carries this weight and this like sense of they don't want to mess it up so they don't take too many risks with the big budget movie stuff. And again, this is all just my my supposition. I have no, I don't have anybody telling telling me this, or like, I haven't seen any interviews with any of the creators saying that they feel this either. But versus, I think maybe the animated stuff feel at least initially with Clone Wars felt like slightly lo lower stakes, and maybe they felt like they had a better playground to work with, and they kind of carry forward in Rebels, I think too, just at the timing of when it came out and everything, and Filoni kind of just maybe felt more flexible with what he could do storytelling wise and what he could play with, and we just got better content there for a while. More space well to work with. Yes. Nobody, like, okay, Clone Wars, yeah, that was great, but, like, nobody really cares. And he told this really, like, compelling story, built all these characters, and, like, uh, did stuff that people didn't expect, and he had the opportunity to do that. And the live action, I feel like people are much more careful about what they put on that screen. Well, you know, Marvel is not being a legacy team for him either. They've been doing it for longer, if anything. Yeah, and they somehow pulled the trick of they didn't have to address the baggage right away. And I don't know if it's because Iron Man had never been on screen before. It's because they didn't own their own IP. They didn't own their IP. <laughs> Maybe some of that meta works with the fandom. I don't know. But, like, until recently, they That's didn't interesting. have that. Yeah, that, that might have been a blessing in disguise, not having Spidey or the X-Men. So they were forced, or forced to rehab the, uh, the Avengers. And they played their cards well, <laughs> clearly. But now, and now got, yeah. they get to rehab the X Men because Fox spent a quarter of a century running them into the ground. Yes, and they've and they've got to deal with the baggage of expectations of the Infinity Saga and the Multiverse Saga, and they, they have other problems of their own success. Make, but still, it, I think it's a different like. I, that, that's just my view of like Star Wars live action stuff. Anyway, you're gonna put a. I know they've got like more Star Wars movies planned. And I just feel like, man, the expectations on these are super high, super high, beyond questions about how they're going to carry the franchise forward and whatever. I feel like they got to check a lot of boxes. That, 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 that set of boxes is very deep now. To me, I, I broadly agree with your sense of this, but, and I think the issue, it all comes back to the, that sequel trilogy that was the, master, the mastermind of a guy who didn't like the new stuff and wanted to wanted to bring the old stuff back to a fault. And then another guy that apparently hated all of it, or at least it read that way. I don't think he actually did, but I, I it, it, it felt very weirdly. Uh, I, I, I feel like Ryan Johnson went past deconstructionist in nihilism on accident. Some people I know, I, I know love last Jedi and, and I, as we've litigated many times in the past, it's got good and bad points. But it, 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 it does, whether you like it or not, it does stick out within the canon. That's unassailably true. Sure, And, yeah. and by kind of fucking up the, the end of the, the quote-unquote Skywalker saga, they've, it's, it's just now been years and years of damage control. And that was the worst one to mess up. Like, prequel trilogy, you say whatever you want to say, but that's a prequel. It, it's not talking about the story moving forward, like if you think about it from an IP, you know, lawyer, marketing, product management, whatever perspective, you're not going to tell more stories in the prequel 
world most likely, like if you're thinking about uh, Lucasfilm and, and, and whatever in the early 2000s or whatever, right? But like the sequel trilogy is like gonna set the stage for everything you do later, right? You're probably, you don't wanna think about going 10,000 years back or whatever if you don't have to, and they bungled it. Now what, you know, it's like, now what do you do? And it's like, well, we're gonna revisit all these other tiny little pockets it's like, yeah, that's good. There's good storytelling, clearly, that's eros arisen from it. But what the heck are you going to do about the future of the galaxy? <laughs> you just, you, you messed it up. They did. And it feels like at least half of Filoni's plan is to try and unfuck it. As usual. With these television series. <laughs> the plot doctor <laughs> doing his best. I think he's doing a pretty good job. I, especially, I especially given the difficulty of it. I agree. But it's 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 gonna take a while, and it didn't have to be this way. I guess kind of back to kind of what you were saying. Yeah. Right? It didn't yeah. have to be this way. Yeah, they just they had two guys that made some very controversial decisions and or bad, depending how you how you want to frame that. And now they gotta gotta try and save it if they can. It's it's too valuable not to. Yeah. From a yeah. really you know money perspective, I, I guess they'll get there. I hope so. I mean, I love Star Wars. I mean, I don't want it to fail. I, I don't want it to be rebooted either if they can avoid it. If that's the only way, maybe. But I doubt that they'd do that. I doubt they'd even broach that subject. But, man, do they got their work cut out for them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah, the, the, I, I think the Kelvin version not working would, would probably lead them to believe that they should never do a reboot. Yeah, they need distance somehow from... The, the problem is they just did that. They just did the, the sequel trilogy. So it's like... Filoni's got to try to repair, and then they've got to try to push things beyond. Where Ariel, it's well. been four years. I know. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it's been four years. Yeah. I guess they rebooted Spider-Man in less time. So. Right. Well, he's in a constant reboot. That's what they, they, how they decided to deal with that. He gets younger each time. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. I want to be. I want to be excited for this Ray film, but I just as a writing exercise mentally. I don't know what the story is there. Like, what does she do? <laughs> yeah. And, like, what, like, why are they doing that? Like, uh, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, I, 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 I get why they would want to, but they, what is she doing? What is, what is the point? What is the next threat? What, is, what are they setting up? Like, there's not enough detail, and it's so many expectations. So it's like, I... I want to be excited about it too, but I have a hard time getting excited until I see anything about what this is because I just what has happened in the past does not lead me to be very uh, hopeful. The threat's the key. They're going to have to come up with a new compelling conflict. And I don't know what the hell that would be. Did you get an opportunity to finish The Witcher? Yes, just recently. What did you think? Um as a book reader they kind of ended it where one of the books ended like this season and that made sense to me there I think it would have been better if they had left some of that stuff open ended instead of like healing uh, Geralt and like having him set off and showing where Ciri ends up in the tavern I think some of that stuff that would have been gotten people more excited if they had not done that and saved it for the next the beginning of the next season a lot of machinations and stuff happened that the the whole like coup attempt in the in um 
in Thanid is one of my favorite plot points from the books, and I think they they built up to it a lot, and then they didn't pay it off the way I was hoping they'd pay it off, and they pay and this they changed elements of the story that I in ways that I didn't quite like. Uh, it was very much more of a mages versus mages type of thing in the books than in the story where the Dijkstra kind of instigates it or whatever. Like it was, I, I maybe they just didn't have the budget for it, but it was like, no, 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 the mages are just like, they just get drunk and they're just like, no, no, it's time for us to fight now. Some of us want to be with the emperor and some of us don't. Let's go. And it's just like a magic battle. And uh, Oh, interesting. So it, they, the scale of it's wrong, huh? A little bit. I mean, it it it, it does like, and then the kind of show they, they kind of show the destruction and stuff, but it felt less epic than it was. Maybe I guess just in my head <laughs> reading the story. Wow, that's really cool. I'm glad I asked this question because I thought that was actually pretty. Like, wow, this is some this is some crazy uh, sorcery <laughs> battle I've seen going on here. It's one of the things I really enjoyed about it. It was it was still pretty pretty decent, but like that, I don't know why Dijkstra had to like instigate it. Like Vilgeforce just just let the bad guys in and was like, let's go fuck some shit up. And like, it was just people mm. fighting left to right. And that, I think that would be, and then Geralt, <laughs> you'll love this in the book, Geralt sleeps with Jennifer, like it's like in the show. And then he just gets up to go take a piss. And while he's taking a piss, the invasion happens. He's got no, no weapon, nothing, no hint of anything going on and stuff just goes to shit. This is a Metal, Gear Sol- Metal Gear Solid uh, opening scenario. You would have gotten right, a you, classic. You, you get a cardboard box and a dart gun. Good luck. Good luck. But other parts were like pretty much one to one, like the Carol getting injured and Bill Gaffort's chasing after Siri and all that kind of good stuff. But um, I like how you describe getting his ass completely handed to him on a plate as getting injured. Well, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a savage beatdown. It was savage. It was savage. Yes, no, no doubt. And it ne- it needed to be like it, that. That's like a big part of Geralt's journey from here on out. Is like, yes, you're owned hard, and when you get, <laughs> and, and and you know he's not perfect. Back, I mean, they kind of hinted at it the, in the at the end, but like he has injuries that he will not. He's he's basically like a forty year old. It's like, oh, your ankle broke. It, it's it's that way now forever. Have some Advil every day. Like it's he's he's in that mode pretty pretty decent season three overall not as confusing as the last season was uh in terms of like what are they doing here why is what is this with the towers and everything a little more a little more straightforward uh in terms of why people are doing what they're doing i would still lost for large swaths of it well the 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 names of the kingdoms and all that stuff they just they have no explanation <laughs> they need no, like I know. a map and like, like yeah but but I, I guess it's good to hear that if you are familiar with the source material, it sounds like they, they hit most of the notes correctly. It yeah. desperately needed, I guess, a video appendices, which is not really a thing. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the books don't have that either, man. They, they ain't showing you a map ever <laughs> the books. So it's like they start talking about this river is north of that river. I'm like, dude, that's great, but I need to see it. I get, reading it alone is not good enough for me. So what is the problem there? You you can't hire a cartographer on Fiverr to get this done? What the hell's happening? I don't know. You know, Poland in the 90s, maybe there just wasn't a market for it or something. But Oh, they're older than I realized. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but now, I mean, nowadays, right, the, you buy, you get the book, it's got the Henry Cavill on the cover. Let's let's go. Come on. You got to throw <laughs> a few, a few next Netflix dollars at the 
a few cartographers get this figured out? I really pondered a rewatch to see if I would benefit from it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but the constant content uh, stream is such that I really, that's only a, that's a pipe dream. What's next on your, your viewing plate? Well, I just finished Castlevania Nocturne. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed that. Glad it's coming back for season two. Oh, I started uh, it, so we'll talk about it next time. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, wife and I, Joe and I, are doing um, The Wheel of Time, season two. Okay, so now, all right, the, uh, the tables have turned. That's what you're hearing. On, on <laughs> now you know. Now you've got the yeah. knowledge. <laughs> uh, did you guys, are you guys caught up? Did you, you know, did you watch Weekly? Uh, no, yeah, we're, we're, we're only like two episodes in, so we're, we're, just, we're just getting the, the wheel started okay. here. Well, it's 3,000 years of story. <laughs> it's fair. Oh, uh, real quick before we go. Uh, New York Comic Con is coming up next, this coming weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. you, will, will you be there for this and our pleasure? I will, will not be there. Uh, uh, Joe won't be there either. But, uh, you know, thinking nostalgically about past New York, New York comics, comics Con, Comic Cons. Have they teased anything? Should I be, like, excited to, like, you know, for a, any uh, announcements or... I don't know. Like I, I haven't seen. I mean, I, there's. I've seen some anime stuff, but I haven't seen anything like big teased. Okay. Um, yeah, there really hasn't been anything. I'm trying to think now. Like I've. I know I've seen like some ads and stuff for stuff, but it wasn't like, oh, I better pay attention to this panel or anything. Makes you wonder. Yeah, I wonder if that'll be another another Comic Con because the strike just ended. Even yeah, if they wanted right. to do something, I don't know that they could. Yeah. I know a lot of indie artists and whatnot are very excited about it. My Instagram is playing up with it. Like, yeah, I'm going, and this is what I'm selling, here's my banner, and, you know. Yeah, it seems like it'll be a neat show. I just don't know if uh, anything mainstream will drop. And that's okay. Well, we got two Comic-Cons this year. Yeah, how about before that? We go back, before we go back to, you know, Hollywood. Yeah. Just Hollywood and all over the place. Well, Ariel, I think we can leave it there. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me, as always. At this time, I'd like to remind you that this episode and previous episodes of Full of Sun Injury Podcast are available at fullofsunandurypodcast.com or by subscription or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. This has been Great Source Studios Production, copyright 2023.